Welcome, welcome, listeners, to episode 10, big, big number 10 of the Simply Sports Podcast. I am your host, Josh K, and I'd like to thank you guys for tuning in today's episode. I'd obviously like to start off the episode by thanking off our sponsor, IPS Insurance. Yes, he's a guest in today's episode. Uh, insurance so good, you'd hope something bad happens to you. Uh, and I'd also like to thank you guys for supporting the show in any way that you can. We've got a great episode this week, guys. I've invited, yes, like I just mentioned, my dad on the show uh, for the big milestone 10th episode. Uh, he's been a guy behind the scenes helping all this, helping getting it started. Uh, I think it was only right to uh, get him in here for the big milestone episode. Uh, he's obviously been a parent in sports for years now with my brother and I, so we are going to be talking about parents in sports uh, and, you know, the rights and the wrongs and during a time like this of COVID, uh, you know, what their role should be, what their perspectives and their point of views uh, should be. Um, but I did want to get another point of view in here, uh, so I did invite Jamie Nichols, uh, one of my dads and mine, very good friends, uh, big guy in squash, executive director, uh, head of Squash Canada. He was in Squash Ontario just a little bit ago, a coach, a junior himself, and not a parent just yet, but I'm sure he will be uh, with his two daughters one day. Uh, but before we get to anything else, let's quickly recap what's happened in sports. It's not much, but big news, the NBA draft was this past Wednesday night, and it was pretty good. I watched it with a couple buddies. Uh, obviously, there were some emotional players, you know, very, very happy to get drafted into the NBA, some emotional parents, uh, happy that their sons and uh, families got the opportunity to, you know, be on TV and get that big moment for their, for their lives. Um, I, I think a lot of people would like to talk about, you know, the Chicago Bulls pick number four. Who is Patrick Williams? I don't know. Uh, do you guys know? Uh, a lot of people are talking about the kind of weird, risky, possibly, possibly good, uh, pick that they took. Uh, but otherwise it was, it was a great night. Uh, some, some pretty big names and hopefully, not hopefully, definitely some big expectations from the fans of certain teams. Uh, and finally, just just to quickly recap, the Masters uh, at Augusta uh, did just finish this past Sunday uh, with Dustin Johnson taking on the championship, the green jacket. Pretty big deal. Uh, I'm not a huge golf fan myself, but apparently it was pretty good. I watched a little bit of it. Once again, another sport that did an amazing job of, of holding events during a, a time like this. They did not have crowds, uh, but... You know, they they went through four days of golf, uh, very successful, uh, and and they finished without any without any problems. Uh, but that's it. That's it for the recap, guys. I think we might as well get our guests in here, Jamie Nichols and my dad, the sponsor of IPS Insurance. Uh, let's talk about parenting and sports with them. Let's get them in here. Well, I would like to introduce my two guests for the episode. Uh, tuning in virtually from home, we got Jamie Nichols. Uh, welcome, welcome, and you know, live in person, we got our sponsor, IPS Insurance. My dad, Simon K. How's it going, guys? Excellent. Thanks awesome, for having Josh. me, Josh. Yeah, likewise. <laughs> well, uh, you know, like we do at this show, I don't think there's uh, any sugarcoating, anything you have to go on. Let's just get right into it. Um, you know, let's start off with the basic idea of this conversation. Uh, I told people the topic was. You know, parenting in, in sports, um, this crazy time going on, what uh, what do parents have to do well? What are they uh, maybe making mistakes on? And I know you two have a lot of experience in that, for sure. I know I've, I've experienced it firsthand with this guy over here. Um, but let's start off. What is um, the ultimate goal 
in uh, in parenting and sports. Let me start us off. You want me to start off? Sure. As, why not? As the parent? As the parent. Why not? And the sponsor. And, and, the, and sponsor. the sponsor. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's a really fine line. I mean, the goal ultimately is to, you know, it's sort of twofold. You want to have a, uh, a, a kid who is a high performer uh, in the sport. And then at the same time, you don't want to hurt the relationship. So you want them to, you know, in a perfect world, there's this really narrow space where uh, you've got a truly happy uh, family life. And at the same time, you have this kid that is a high performer and, and achieving everything. I mean, it's just such a narrow laneway, though, that the <laughs> odds of actually achieving that are just so unbelievably slim that one of those is going to get out of balance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, t totally. I think that's, uh, we can, we can experience it right in squash, right? We see a lot of international, uh, players, um, you know, we, we play at the higher performing level, right? So you see some parents obviously want their kids to succeed, but they don't see the, the fine line of, uh, you know, taking away their, their social, well, their personal life. I mean, Jamie has well. obviously a, a, a different perspective or a, maybe a more objective one as a coach looking looking on and, of course, has now two very young uh, kids that no doubt he'll be experiencing it himself. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, that, that that balance sort of goes out of whack when the parent has more... It depends on where their motivation is. So if they are more attached to, you know living out all of their own personal unfulfilled dreams <laughs> for their kids and they're forcing their kids to be winners because the win is actually more theirs than it is the kid, then then your priorities are off. And mm -hmm. now you're going to be treating your child with all the wrong motivation. The problem, of course, is, and Jamie and I have talked about this, and you and I have talked about this for, for, for years, is um, just even ha the parent having the self-awareness to know that their motivation is off. They're not aware that they're doing it for themselves, the win, not for the kids' well-being. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Jamie, you'd like to add to that? Yeah, I mean, Simon's got a lot of experience, and I think we're probably <laughs> 10 years in now, right, Simon, since we first started watching you go through this journey. So, I mean, it really is a, a journey, all sorts of uh, bumps and, you know, dips in the road. Um, but, yeah, there, there's a lot to it, and as I have now two very young daughters i'm starting to think about it and i'm nervous because it's not easy and um you know it's easy to talk about but it's hard to actually execute over a long period of time um and so you know th there's there's so much to it but there's no answer there's no right answer a cookie cutter answer i've seen some of the best ever parents kind of lose their way a little bit and i've seen some you know quote unquote bad parents get the results they're looking for so mm -hmm. There's no right answer, but I think Simon sort of nailed it when he said, when the alignment of the goals is dishonest or there is not an alignment of the goals, mm -hmm. what the parents are trying to achieve and the athletes trying to achieve, that's where you see the biggest breakdowns, in my opinion. Yeah, totally. And now I think we both spoke to the goal, right? That's what I think that's what ultimately the parents want to achieve. That's the perfect combination. But what's the reality, right? We've seen a lot of uh examples of this uh especially in squash um, i'm sure not a lot of the viewers out there know know about it uh but you know it's a pretty it's a pretty good community um lots of families lots of uh parents as as coaches or at least definitely being involved with their kids and their play uh but i don't know if what that goal that we speak of is actually the true reality yeah so 
and that's a really interesting point. So that's where, as Jamie refers to my sort of evolution as a sports parent, uh, has changed so much since, uh, you know, since your brother Jackson, you know, he got the raw end of this deal. There's no doubt about it. <laughs> I, my motivation, while I was one of those parents that off the side talking to the other parents saying, oh, you know, it's all about having fun and as long as they're learning and they're, that's all garbage, to be honest. I mean, <laughs> it, it, it was, sorry, I shouldn't say it's garbage. It, it is what it should be. But in reality, that was where I was fooling myself with Jackson and way harder on him because, you know, again, you just wanted that, that win. And, um, and, and there's an emotional attachment to that win. And in squash, where there's no prize at the end of the day, like big money contracts or whatever, I can only imagine that, you know, the hockey parents and, and whatnot are, uh, they're under even more mm-hmm. pressure because they, they, they want the win, but they also want their kid to be famous and they want their kid to have tons of dough and all the rest of it are basketball parents. It's the same thing. And as I evolved to you and sort of let that go and had some awareness around it, then I realized it was about, you know, being happy and it was about work ethic and it was more my goal for you. And you can remember, I didn't tolerate you giving up. I didn't tolerate you not trying, Mm -hmm. you know, if I'm going to go out of my way to pay for tournaments and your training and your coaching, like you better show up Mm -hmm. because that was all that was sort of important to me. And then you start to see the sort of the byproduct of that in the schoolwork and the independence and the social behavior. And then you realize like, that's what the goal is. Mm -hmm. The goal is it's who cares? Like the odds that you're going to be, uh, successful financially and otherwise in the sport is so slim. And Jamie, you can speak to this, the people that we know that are, you know, uh, you know, number one, you know, it, it takes a really sort of obscure, person to even be able to achieve that and question is do you even is that if you knew what the goal was going to produce would you even want that for your kid mm-hmm. which is interesting so i think the awareness of understanding that number one is not what it's cracked up to be the odds are very low and you know the the the, the bigger opportunity is to create success in life and it sounds a little bit cliche but it is absolutely the truth and it changes the way that you parent uh do the sport parenting yeah totally um and you know, you obviously have that perspective as a parent, um, but Jamie, you have been what like a sports director, like that kind of guy looking from you know b- behind, not behind the scenes, but like from you, you can see from far away. You can see everything that goes on and uh, the way parents are with their kids in all these big tournaments. Um, and and what can you what can you say to that? Is that the real reality, or are parents having a hard time achieving that goal? Um, of kind of having that balanced combination uh, between the between the connections and the relationships between them and their kids. Yeah, I would I would say one of my favorite things about you know doing what I do is when I see a parent sort of two or three years after their kids finish juniors, or even 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 a little bit longer after they've gone through college, maybe five or six years, and all of that anxiety and stress and pressure and you know, the late phone calls and emails about their forehand or backhand, you know, all the stress is totally gone because 99% of people that grow up and, and go through junior squash are successful people. So, you know, it very rarely does it not kind of work out in the end. And so that's, that's something that I'm enjoying as I get a little bit older and I see, you know, a parent that a kid I coached, you know, five or six years ago and it, it all worked out, right? So there's that mm-hmm. side of it. Um, and if, 
you know, I'm very confident that in our sport, if you go through junior squash, you're, you're going to be successful to some level. So mm-hmm. that's, that doesn't stress me out um, during, during the process. The process is the most important part. When you talk about, you know, being successful in life and all the fluffy stuff that Simon likes to talk about, you know, ultimately I do want a world champion and I do want Canada to be the best squash nation in the world. And so, you know, that balance is critical and it's the hardest thing, you know, to, to find is somebody who wants to be number one in the world, but, you know, also, you know, a happy person. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's the conflict of it. Um, and it will happen. We're going to get, we're going to get players that are going to get there, but I'm very confident as a coach that if you go through the process, you're going to be successful in junior squash. So here's here's the question, though, if I can jump in. So, Jamie, you as an association, you know, uh, high performance director working with Squash Ontario, Squash Canada and so on, you clearly part of your mandate is to get a champion. Would you want one of your kids to be that champion, though? <laughs> it's great. And so Jessica, my, my wife, is one of the best squash coaches in Canada. And we had this conversation last night because I knew I was coming on here. And, uh, you know, it's, that's, that's the conflict. We, we don't know. And the question we were sort of left with was, does our daughter want to become a world champion? It doesn't really matter what I want, right? And, and we have to remember that. So if our daughters are hardwired to be the best players in the world, then, yeah, that's what we want. But if they don't, then that's also what we got to want. Yeah, I think it definitely takes a, a specific type of person to uh to have that type of mindset i think for sure in squash that those best number one world champion type of people are um definitely risking um what's the what's the word i'm thinking of uh kind of like leaving a couple things out of the equation like taking away some of their you know social life yeah sacrifices right sacrifices exactly um by the way just before you go on josh i so by the time jamie's kids are going to be juniors uh, you and Jackson will both be out long out of it, and I guarantee you, I'm going to every single junior tournament <laughs> just to watch Jamie freak out because he has no idea, no idea what he's in for. Uh, he's yeah. going to be developing ulcers, and you know, you like, think you're going to spend all this time doing us and just leave squash Canada squash tournaments like that? No, nope, he's going back just oh, to I'm support. Going, I'm support. going for sure. This is yeah, best entertainment. I'm going to need you in my corner, Simon, just like I was in your corner. <laughs> okay, so. Next question here is more specifically to you, Dad. Um, going through, not fully through me, but two kids. I know we just spoke about it. You know, you're you're evolving your evolution through the the squash parenting. Um, but what do you think the main things that has gone through your head uh, that you've realized that has evolved in your parenting through what works and what doesn't work? Because uh, I know definitely me and Jackson have had the conversation and can easily admit that I got the easier, the easier end. Yeah, for sure. Um, for sure. So, yeah, so what is it that, that changed so much? What? Well, I mean, there were a couple of key moments. I mean, bottom line is, you you know, when you treat your kid a certain way with way too much pressure and you're, you know, for me, as you know, like my relationship with you guys is is paramount it's the most important thing yeah when you see yourself from the outside and again it comes back to what i said in the, my first comments about awareness when you're aware that you're actually alienating your kid and that there's nothing which is uh you know nothing could be so valuable that it could get in the way of that and, and i'm not saying that all parents think this way some are like no 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 it's 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, that's not as important. It's just a matter of priorities. So going through a couple things like, you know, driving home from Woodbridge, a Woodbridge tournament and literally blasting Jackson for the entire drive home. And you get into the drive when you go, I he, Jackson hasn't said a word. I haven't stopped talking the entire time. Mm-hmm. And you have this awareness that you, you, you're not doing this for him. You're doing this for yourself. You're yeah. getting out the anger and all the rest of it. So it's these monumental moments when you go and i know i can't swear on this uh, on this show but like where you just you know effed up completely your relationship or you're on the verge of it so you you if you don't change your ways and you know it's like anything in life if you there there are these moments when that are so big that you say i have to change my behavior mm-hmm. uh and it just goes from realizing that it's not about me mm-hmm. you know and 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 seeing you know, the value, uh, you know, Jackson was the, um, what we jokingly call the Andy Murray of, of his, of his group. He was always in the top four, but he was always like kind of number four. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah, and yet, Murray. you know, the, his, his personal success and evolution and awareness and, and, and work at everything, like it's a 10 out of 10. Mm-hmm. So it, you know, it's not until retrospect, you look back and you say, well, this clearly all worked. Uh, but thankfully I sort of nipped it in my behavior in the bud mm-hmm. and I still, you know, that was going to happen to Jamie's point that that success was going to happen anyway. Mm-hmm. What wasn't necessarily going to be a guarantee is that I'd have a good relationship with them. So stopping early meant that I actually ended up sort of winning the lottery, so to speak. Yeah. And that's, but I'll mess you up before you're done. Don't worry <laughs> about it. Yeah. I still got, I still got a few years to go. He's got lots of time to, uh, lots oh, yeah. of time to mess up with oh, my, yeah. <laughs> My junior career. I think you're doing okay. <laughs> but but that's exactly what you said, right? Is uh, when you when you go out of the junior career and you're done everything, you look at him. He's oh my god, he's like crazy work ethic. Like that guy knows how to like if he has a goal or if he you know has something to get done, he'll get it done, right? No and, matter what. And he he won't he won't accept a lower quality. Mm-hmm. Uh, he won't mail it in. Um, you know, and again, there's a self-awareness because, you know, Jamie, you can comment to this because you were a junior yourself and, and a coach and when you're in a glass cage, basically by yourself and it's just you, mm-hmm. you're responsible for you. And that's how probably the biggest thing I think you learn from a lot of sports is, you know, there's no one to blame. You got to take responsibility. And I think that's probably one of the biggest things that you take with you, um, out of, sort of just the discipline of being uh being an athlete mm-hmm. yeah totally um and and now you jamie is that that's kind of like a, a more like not an opposite to what what we just talked about with my dad is but you have been obviously a junior yourself so everything we've talked about i'm sure you've experienced some of it yourself in your junior career uh been a coach a club owner over at the nsa uh and now a head of sports uh, of a sports association but you're not the you, you don't have the parent perspective just yet. Uh, I know you for sure will one day. Uh, but what what is the most common observation you have on parents in sports um, based on kind of what he just said? Do you do you find them doing doing well or, you know, what are some of the mistakes uh, based on what what you've experienced already so far being a non parent? Well, yeah, it's it's. I've seen a lot. I'm about 20 years in now, and it's it's changed so much since we were juniors. And you hear the coaches 
um, talk about this all the time. Well, back when I was a junior, the parents were involved. And it really is a lot different. And so as coaches, we battled that for a little bit. And I did myself. I said, this isn't right. This isn't how it is. But it has changed, and it, it's not necessarily a bad thing. So, you know, what I've seen over the last, you know, 10 years is the parents are very much involved. They're going to be involved. So you might as well, as a coach, have them involved in the right way instead of just trying to, you know, keep them not not at the club or not at the tournament. So, you know, the observations that I see and my you know, evolving as a coach is that the communication needs to be really clear between the coaches, both parents, not just one parent, and and the support team. And if everybody's on the same page, that's where the magic works. Mm-hmm. But as soon as there's a misalignment of those goals or, you know, you know, even even the coach and the player might have a closer relationship in some ways than the coach and the parent or the the athlete is afraid to tell his parent that he doesn't actually want to do, you know, X, Y, and Z. So mm-hmm. Both lines of communication need to be really clear, and, and the coaches are a big part of that because they're kind of the mediators between it all. So, mm-hmm. you know, I see the misalignment of goals as, as a huge one, and then to Simon's point, the kind of the letting go moment. And that, you know, there'll be a time where a kid is more likely to listen to their parent than their coach, and the parent has a massive impact in those early sort of formative years. But there is a point um, where the parent must let go, and that's hard. Like I've seen it. I, mm-hmm. I remember when Simon was going through that with Jackson. It's not easy. And I remember you saying to me, Simon, I just want to be there. I just enjoy it. And I'm sort of looking at you going, I don't think you're enjoying this. And I know. <laughs> so, so that moment needs to be like really clearly almost communicated with the athlete and the, and the parent. And the parent should say, do you want me to come today? Do you, you know, how do you want me to be? And at some point the kid has to be honest and the kid's not always honest. That's a big problem. Kid has to say, I don't want you there today. And, and so that's what I see mm-hmm. you know, the best, the, the best stories are when that communication line is very clear. Yeah. And being, you know, being a junior myself, like you never, if you ever ask that question, do you want me there? You never want to you know, disappoint, hurt your parents' feelings, even right. if the truth is, uh, yeah, sorry, I don't want you there today. Yeah. Uh, but, and, and like you mentioned, I thought it was a really, really interesting point is sometimes actually your coach is that that person that if you aren't comfortable or, or feel that you can't talk to your parent about something the coach is almost that second parent right like they're they're always kind of open to if you're saying you know i i have a hard time in matches when you know i look out and maybe my parents disappointed or my my you know i'm not i'm not doing well and i feel bad that i'm letting my parent down like there's there's stuff like that right and stuff that stuff like that is hard to talk to your parents about for sure so the coach's perspective in squash i don't know if it's i'm sure it is sport wide but i think squash specifically uh is is a huge is a huge part sure you know it's not such a bad thing that your that your kid would feel bad for hurting your feelings Mm. obviously that means you've probably done a good job in 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 your kid being at least having some compassion and empathy and uh you know, but th- there still needs to be a way. It doesn't mean that the conversation doesn't need to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, so again, to your point, going to your coach and saying like, you know, my uh, my dad brings my game down, you know, a, a good notch because I just feel too much pressure. How should I deal with this? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of coaches, you know, a lot of coaches were juniors. So, you know, and whether you're in hockey or whether you're in soccer or basketball, or whatever it is, I mean, I think your coach, you know, plays a significant role there. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure Jamie, you probably remember this story. It was really kind of a funny story, but I think Jackson was probably about 
I don't know, 12 or 13. And he ceremoniously fired me as his coach, right, in the car. It's like I looked in the rearview mirror, and, and he uh, he was clearly welling up. I mean, I don't think he'll be up, he'll, he won't be embarrassed by this story, but clearly he was very, very upset. I was like, Jackson, what's going on? He goes, I don't know why my eyes are all, you know, watering up here. And then it, we got to this story where he basically said, like, I don't really know how to tell you this, but all I know is that when you tell me to do stuff, like, I kind of don't listen, but when Jamie tells me to do stuff, like, it sinks in right away. So, like, do you mind if, if you stop coaching me and Jamie starts coaching me? So, <laughs> like, he wanted to let me down easy. But, yeah. you know, kids will, if you're, I think, from, from the parent, from the kid's perspective, I think you need, the kid needs to be given the tools to know how to have that conversation. From a parent perspective, you need to create a forum to let your kids voice what they want, whether mm-hmm. it's to be world champion whether it's to, I want to lighten up on squash, uh, you know, or I want to increase it, or I want this coach or that coach. I think just, I don't know, it sounds cliche, but just try and create a safe environment for that communication. The parent needs to be opening to hearing things that maybe they don't want to hear. Yeah, totally. So they got to be open for, to it. For sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And, and also from a, like, to put a coach's spin on that too, the, the coach, like the players don't want to disappoint the coaches either. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'd have player meetings every season and they'd say, what, what is your goal this year? Okay, well, I want to win nationals. And I'd say, that's great. And then a couple of weeks later I go, you know, I don't think you actually do want to win nationals. Do you want to win nationals? And, you know, they don't want to say no, but the answer is no, because they're clearly not putting the work in. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's that open communication between the coach and the player as well. But also there's going to be a time when a coach needs to step aside Right. And so any great player is going to have five to 10 coaches that really influence them. So the coaches need to have that conversation with the players, too, and say, listen, you know, we're hitting a bit of a road, a bit of a wall here. Why don't you go see this person? And um, so it's all about communication every step of the way. Mm -hmm. Totally. Uh, Well, I got I got one more question here. But I think before we get to the last question, I just I wanted to let the viewers know before we get to do it. If anyone's wondering what this what this hat is up here, do a little self-promotion. Uh, this is the BNR Beavers, uh, the one that Jamie's wearing. Uh, big team in our family. We got the team owner actually right here, and team player right here. Uh, it's a big deal if well, anyone you're knows it. Too, aren't you? Uh, sure, you could you could call it that. I guess <laughs> your, shirt, your shirt's right there. <laughs> yeah, uh, I guess I guess maybe I played a couple a couple matches this season. Uh, but you know, just if anyone was wondering, I thought we'd do a little self promotion. Slap, yep. Slap, Slap the tail. Slap the tail. Okay. So last question. Uh, we got COVID. It's 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 COVID uh, time around here. Um, big. No, we don't have COVID. Sorry, we don't have COVID. Yes, but. let's make sure uh, us as a, as a, as a as a community uh, have COVID. And you know, it, there's lots of stuff to be talked about. Lots of stuff to be said when you're an athlete, right? With training and uh, you know motivation at this time. You know, for me specifically, uh, squash courts. You can't. I, I guess you can, but you know, you can't really play with anyone. Uh, unless you want to, you know, social distance on court, and we can all relate. It's not the same. Uh, I've got lucky with my brother. Whenever he's back, I can play with him because that's household. That's one thing you are allowed. Uh, but I think, you know, no tournaments. Some kids want to keep training. Some kids want to keep motivated, and some kids want to sit and play video games all day. That's the, the you know, those are to- two totally realistic opinions, uh, realistic points of view. Uh, but what I want to ask both of you is how do you think parents should be involved? Like what should their roles be um, in, in their, in their kids' lives, I guess uh, at a, at a time like this? 
it's interesting that by by taking your foot off the gas with your kid and sort of imposing what they need to do, they will find uh, their new norm. Like mm-hmm. so, I know with you, you know, you didn't play a lot of squash. It was an opportunity to sort of recalibrate. But now I can see that you're you're sort of getting more. You've de- you, your your body's almost telling you you got to get back on the squash court. And so I think it's a leap of faith because it's been several months mm-hmm. of me going, geez, like, is he, is he going to get back into this or not? But, mm-hmm. but the reality is that it's, it's going to get back to the point where you're going to make the rules for yourself. Mm-hmm. And if you don't love it, I need to accept that you're saying, you know what, I'm done. Or, or you're going to say, no, you know what, I've never been more into it and I can't wait to get back. I miss it so much. So yeah. it's, it's a hands-off approach, at least for me. It's been a very hands-off approach. And, uh, you know, just make sure that you stay physical and active and, and all the rest of it. Yeah, I and I, I totally can relate to that because obviously you're speaking of me. I am your kid. Uh, but, like, yeah, being off for a while has been great. You know, I've spent the past probably like seven, six years going pretty pretty hard. Yeah. Like, you know, four, yeah, four, four five, five, six times, times a week, you know, sessions, lessons, uh, doing some workouts, stuff like that. Uh, and I've had some of those times, right? Those moments where, oh my God, like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. Like, this is just getting too hectic or too much pressure or stuff like that. Uh, but then you, you actually get it taken away from you. And I've spoken to so many people about this is I've never actually missed it more than, more than I have now. Right. Right. This is, this is what I needed to make me realize how much I needed that, you know, that four or five times a week guarantees that I knew that I could, uh, right. feel like feel that physical activity and uh, and and feel healthy almost like it makes me feel good right so yeah, so it's a phenomenal opportunity in, in essence to to you know hand off the power of decision making mm-hmm. by me letting you not doing it, I say letting you but by by creating space and now your love of it has has increased and your missing of it has increased you're probably more likely to make all the major decisions about your squash career for the your remaining squash years, uh, junior years, on your own. Mm-hmm. I probably it's actually kind of been a gift because I can actually almost be hands off mm-hmm. uh, to to a certain extent. So he, see, Jamie's smirking because he thinks that there's another answer here. He thinks I'm <laughs> thinks I'm full of it. But no, I, I like, anyway. Go go ahead, start hacking on. As it. usual, <laughs> you're setting yourself up to take the credit either way. <laughs> That's a good point. It's what I no, do. I, I, I see, I, you know, I'm talking to all the national team athletes right now and um, as many of our players as we can. It's, it's brutal. Like, it's, it's very tough to stay motivated and everybody's handling it differently. I, I do think a lot of people are going to reset and I think it's going to be good. I think bodies are going to heal. Minds are going to heal. People are going to get that spark back. Like what you're talking about, Josh, actually missing it is, mm-hmm. is actually a huge, huge win, mm-hmm. um, you know, for long, for long term. But, you know, it, on, the, on the flip side of it, you know, this is a way, and um, if you really want to get good, there's a bit of natural selection going on here. It's, you know, the harder it is um, to stay motivated, you're going to see the best players are going to be the ones that are able to do it. So, you know, I think it's an opportunity. If I was a, a top junior right now, I would be solo hitting like crazy. There's nobody on the courts. Um, I'd be working on things like visualization and starting to sharpen up my mental game. Um, there's a study that I wrote down that I think is really interesting. 10, um, 10 basketball players went and shot hoops um, for a week straight. Um, and their scores after a week 
um, every day for a week straight and their scores after a week got 10% better. 10 players shot basketballs one day, went back into their, didn't, didn't play basketball, but visualized every day for a week. And their scores, when they came back a week later, actually also got 10% better. So I just mm-hmm. thought that was a little, you know, funny thing. If it was me, I'd be playing a squash match, visualizing a squash match every single night, if I was really into it. But others, some people are going to just take a break, and, and I'm sure they're going to come out the other end um, just as well served. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Um, and I, I guess we, we did kind of talk about it, but you, you know the role of parents – uh, and, and I wanted to specifically talk more about, um, you know, I guess nutrition almost like we, we kind of did talk about it. Uh, but that that's, I think, a big thing is uh, in most in most households, like the, the parents can almost not choose, but, you know, they're going to be like cooking yeah. most of the meals. Right. Uh, unless like for me, I know like I, I usually make my breakfast and my lunches usually like for myself. And that's ultimately up to me uh, whether I want to, you know, keep eating healthy or, you know, just don't. Right. There's once again, that's the biggest thing for me for so many of these guys is where there really isn't any of that physical motivation. Right. There's no like tournaments ahead of us. Like there's nothing really to train for as of right now. Right. So it's all at this point mental motivation where you know that, oh, if I if I keep going and maybe other people's kind of slack off, uh, then that means I'm going to be ahead of everyone. And then when t- tournaments do come back, I'm going to be amazing. OK, really, really quickly here to end. I, we've been talking about this, you know, all this motivation tournament stuff. Uh, so I thought it was just really interesting. I know you mentioned it to me for the first time yesterday. Jamie, if you want to talk about it at all, uh, I know that. You know, Squash Ontario's kind of been planning something maybe for January, uh, if it, maybe a, like a tournament or something that you know we could change it up a little if if we're if we're allowed to. Uh, if you want to talk about it at all, I'm sure I find it very interesting. I'm sure our viewers would find it interesting as well. Yeah, I can say from a Squash Canada standpoint, I know the work I was had been doing with Squash Ontario. Squash is going to come out of this um, prepared. So there's a lot mm-hmm. of work being done behind the scenes right now. And again, we're using this as an opportunity to position our sport as you know a, a leader and return to play and getting back on the courts. So I can tell you that there's been some developments on rapid testing. Um, we have a COVID-19 task force that's got some just incredible people on it um, that are forward thinking. And so we will have the potential to have rapid testing in place um, potentially um, as early as January where we can start having some controlled tournaments and uh, I think we're going to be way ahead of most sports in this. It's going to be done super safely, you know, following all the protocols times 10. But um, I, I think we're going to be in a good position in the new year. And then, you know, this, is, this has been a tough go, but the spring isn't that far away. And, and, you know, I'm hoping to get back to normal by then. So what are a couple of logistics? Like how, how so uh, a select number of people, they go in at different, at spaced out times, they get rapid tested. Um, just what are a couple, couple highlights? Yeah, they're talking about, you know, draws of eight people coming in and just doing the tournament in one day. Um, so you'd have maybe 32, 32 players come in one day and then 32 players come in the next day, boys, girls, however you split it up. Everyone would get a rapid test in the morning. They're about 15 minutes. So, um, you know, everyone would be tested on site and then they'd go, you know, through and play their day. Um, and if we can replicate that a couple of times, um, January, February, March, we'd have a doctor on site sort of administrating it all. Um, I think it's possible. 
yeah, amazing. I, I don't know. I don't know how many sports can say that they're that they're planning that for the future, which is pretty awesome. Incredible. Um, well, guys, that was that was a great conversation today. I had a really great time. Uh, it was super interesting getting that perspective. Um, yeah, thanks so much for coming on the show. It was great. I'm sure we'll see. I know I'll see you every single day. Uh, but Jamie, I'm sure I'll see you soon. Simon, make sure you don't critique Josh now for ten minutes after the show. Oh no, I'm doing it. I'm <laughs> doing it for be. sure. He'll be car right home. He'll be he'll be in tears in about ten minutes. <laughs> oh no, not again. Not <laughs> well, again. guys. Yeah. Well, we'll see. We'll see our guests next time. Uh, thanks. Bye. Well, viewers, thank you so much for tuning in today's episode uh, and watching. Hopefully, you can like, comment on the video, any suggestions you might have. Subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, and please share uh, whatever whatever platform you want, social media. Uh, that's always great, but of course, no pressure if you can't. Uh, once again, thanks to our sponsor, IPS Insurance. He was a guest today. Uh, he did great. It was a great conversation. Uh, both of them have super, super cool perspectives. Uh, I know it's interesting, me being his son, experiencing some of this stuff firsthand. It's good for me to listen and, and hear, him, hear him say it. Uh, but... If you aren't able to watch it on YouTube, uh, no problem. You can always watch it, I'm sure, on Spotify shortly after I post it um, at Simply Sports. Uh, but, of course, if I can suggest it is uh, a little better on YouTube with that visual aspect. You know, today was a pretty big episode for the, for the, for the look. We did one person in, 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 in live, uh, one person virtually. Got everything in the back, uh, you know, two mics, the headsets. Uh, it, it was pretty successful today. So I hope you like that. But that's it from me, guys, your host, Josh K. I'm going to be signing off. Uh, we'll see you at the next one. Hope you have a good rest of your week. See you. Bye.